Good morning and welcome to our first chapel of this new year and new semester. Um, welcome back. I hope everyone is enjoying the winter wonderland out there. Maybe get some good sledding in this weekend. My name is Tamara Schantz and I am one of the campus pastors here. And I would like to especially welcome this morning any new students or, who are joining us this semester, as well as students returning from SST or other places. Um, welcome here. So this morning, Bob Yoder, um, the other campus pastor here, is going to share with us some of his thoughts on the subject of, does prayer matter? Prayer is a central part of the life of faith and a big part of what we do when we gather for worship. And yet we often, or at least I often, have a lot of questions about what our prayers mean, why we pray, how we pray, the discipline of prayer is something that I continue to work at, and I look forward to hearing what Bob has to share with us on this subject. So in keeping with this theme, let's open our service this morning with a prayer. Gracious God, we come seeking you this day. Open us to your word, to your truth, to your way. May your Holy Spirit stir among us in this place. Amen. Please turn in your blue hymnals to number 5050. Praise the Lord, sing hallelujah. The words to this hymn are based on a psalm, Psalm 148, and the tune to this hymn is about 120 years old. So we sing of the ages as we sing together. Would you stand?
So we've just asked all of creation to praise God, and it's easy to be reminded of that as we look at our outdoors and how it has changed and how it reflects the light of God's creation. Let's continue in this book by singing number 362, Help Us to Help Each Other. So we turn from the idea of the whole creation to our community here. What we're going to do is sing this piece, uh, Everyone on the Melody, so we'll only sing the top line. Anna's going to play it through once. And then the first verse, I'd like all the women to sing the melody. The second verse, all the men to sing the melody. The third verse, everyone sing the melody. And then the fourth verse, we'll also sing melody, but half of you are going to start, and I'll bring you in, and then I'll bring the second half in as a round on the fourth verse. So women, men, all, and then a round. I'll be reading from Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by all. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, 
for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive all when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive all their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Does prayer matter? I mean, really, does prayer really matter? I think one obvious answer to this question is, of course it does. Maybe another easy answer, depending on your state of faith, is, no, it does not. And perhaps another, maybe more difficult response to this question is, I don't know. I'm not always so sure. You may have been part of church services or other worship gatherings where couples have offered praise to God that they are pregnant or grateful for the birth of a healthy baby. But in those times, I'm also aware of those of us who have struggled with infertility or whose baby might not seem so perfect and healthy or who have lost little ones at some point during the pregnancy. You may have been part of church services or other worship gatherings where people have offered praise to God because God has healed them or healed, physically healed friends of theirs, loved ones of theirs who may have experienced cancer or heart attack or whatever. But in those moments, I am also quite aware of those people left behind whose prayers were not seemingly answered for the physical health. Or as yesterday, when I sat down to continue to work on this sermon, I checked out the CNN homepage, and there was the breaking news headline, Eight Shot, Three Killed at St. Louis Factory. And in those times, when it seems that some prayers are answered and others are not, I wonder, does prayer matter? In wellness classes here at Goshen College, I often come in for one session, and I share about my understanding of prayer. And for me, I best grasp it through an image. I'm more of an image person. And this image of, is of me and God on a road trip. We're going along somewhere. Sometimes I'm chatting, and I'm a little chatterbox, and God is listening. And there's other times God's a chatterbox, and I'm listening. And then there's other times where neither one of us is talking. We're just being and enjoying each other's presence on the road trip. And so I believe this image demonstrates three kinds of basic prayers. The first involves our ability to articulate our words or our thoughts or our understandings that are directed to God. And some of those examples, as we did this morning, we sang praise. We might lament. We might pray for other people, prayers of intercession. We might have other utterances of thanksgiving. Another kind of prayer is that of listening to God and attempting to discern what is God up to? What is God saying? How is God leading? 
And for these kinds of prayers, I think it is not only important that we set aside alone times with God, but the role of our friends and faith community, I think, is also very, very important. There have been many times in my own life where I feel that God has spoke to me through other people, through being in nature, or through other life circumstances and situations. And so the role of our friends and our family, faith community, is very important to help us understand what's going on. And finally, a third kind of prayer is simply resting in the presence of God and God being with you. This type of prayer might not involve any kind of words or any kind of active listening. It's just being and enjoying each other's company. If we look to the passage, or part of the passage that was read today in Matthew, we can obviously learn much about prayer. After all, the Lord's Prayer is the prayer and way of praying that Jesus taught his disciples. Structurally speaking, the Lord's Prayer in the Gospel of Matthew sits at the very center of the Sermon on the Mount in chapters 5, 6, and 7. And it's also theologically at the center of the Sermon on the Mount. And I think it can be broken down to three numbers. One, three, three. The one represents the opening, and the two sets of three represent two different sets of petitions in the prayer. The opening, our Father in heaven, signifies our directive to a God who is both close at hand and sovereign of all. The first set of three petitions is really inviting us to tell God what to do. Now I think, as I have been in places where we've said the prayer corporately, we sing it or we say it too daintily. It's not the way that I think it was intended. The three verbs are imperatives. And for those of you who are grammarists, you know that imperatives are us telling people what to do. Stop it. Get out of here. Get your feet off my desk. Those are examples of imperatives. And in this case, Jesus teaches us to, to command God to be God and to do the agenda and business of God. So as we pray, we are telling God and reminding God to be about those things that demonstrate the holiness of God's name. If you want your will to be done on this earth, then you do something about it. That's the essence of that first set of petitions. And to me, this is grace. God seeks to have an active part in what goes on here. The second set of petitions focuses on our needs. But please know that when I say our needs, I don't only mean my needs or Bob Yoder's needs, but rather the needs of humanity or certain needs of humanity. The pronoun used in this set is a collective us, not the individual me or my. God cares about our essential needs and well-beings as a people and desires reconciliation with us when we go astray. In the two verses preceding the Lord's Prayer, Jesus tells the disciples to not pray as the pagans or as the Gentiles do when they heap up empty phrases because the Father already knows what we need before we even ask. Certain pagan faiths of that time very much believed that they needed to say all kinds of things to get their God's attention. 
So they would clamor about, hey, wake up, come on. And the more they would say, then the more they would get their attention. And Jesus here basically says, you don't need to do that. You already have God's attention. Now, one could still ask of Jesus in this passage, well, what's the point in praying if God already knows what we need? And that would be a fun question to discuss over coffee, and I would love to chat with anybody who wants to take me up on that. I'll uh, sit down with you at Java Junction. But for the purposes of today, however, let's just take note that Jesus raises that point and then goes on to discuss and teach his disciples how to pray. To me, this is grace, that we have God's attention and God cares about the certain needs that we possess. And therefore, in the eyes of Jesus, who was wanting to usher in God's reign on this earth, prayer is important. So now that I've shared with you that I think prayer is like being on a road trip with God, and having taken a closer look at the Lord's Prayer, I'm still left with the question, does prayer really matter? This past November, flying home from Greece, I finally watched the sixth movie of the Harry Potter series in flight. And early in the movie, Harry walks to the main gate at Hogwarts School. But arriving late due to an unfortunate accident with uh, Draco Malfoy, in which Luna Lovegood um, saves him. So, Harry and Luna walk through the gate at Hogwarts. And Professor Flitwick murmurs something like, well, it's about time. And then as Professor Flitwick shuts the gate, there is this invisible force field of some kind that goes over all of Hogwarts, protecting the students from outside forces of ill will or anything like that. And even a little bug gets zapped as they fly into that thing. There are moments that as one of your campus pastors, I wish my prayers of intercession for you could function like that force field, protecting you from the realities of life that result in harm, pain, and suffering, or assisting you in making good choices in life. But as you all know, that is not life. Since our last chapel service about a month ago, I know that a number of you have experienced significant loss and tragedy and trauma in life just in the past few weeks. And there have been days that I uh, have told some colleagues of mine that I'm getting sick of these emails. And so I've had my moments in the last number of weeks where I've asked, do my prayers really matter? To find some answers or assurance to my own questions, I've actually found comfort in this year's campus ministry's theme, making peace with God. Making peace with God invites us to engage our own relationship with God and connection with God, as well as helping to make God's dream of peace on this planet a reality. I can take my pessimisms, my cynicisms, my grief, my burdens to God because God is attentive. At the same time, I'm reminded that saving the whole world is not my job. To be sure, I have my role to play. But part of that role is to remind God, God, if you want your will and reign to be established on this earth, then you do something about it. Does prayer matter? 
I can honestly answer that question with, of course it does. But I must also honestly confess to you that I do not always know how it matters. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught his disciples to pray to a God who is sovereign of all and for God's will to be done on this earth. There are moments in my life that I'm fairly convinced that I know what God's will is, and I just wish everybody else would get on board with it. But I also remember those times that I was so convinced that my mind and heart were in tune with God and that this is what God wanted that I was later humbly corrected. Those times remind me that I, Bob Yoder, am a mere mortal human being, and I am not God. Though I desperately strive to be about those things that are in sync with God's will and God's purposes on this earth, and I take seriously Jesus' invitation to tell God what to do, to be about the business of God, I also must remember that I am not God. In a country and age that seems to indicate that the only person I need to submit to is myself, it can be a struggle to remember that I am not God. It can be quite the challenge to honestly and fully submit to God. And in my choice to submit to God, I acknowledge that some of my questions may remain unanswered. Some of how I think life should unfold on this earth will not be so. And I may never know why not. An aspect of my submission to God accepts that for Jesus, prayer matters. And because it matters for Jesus, it matters for me. Prayer forces me to get outside of myself. It testifies to the sovereignty of God in my life and in this world. It connects me to other people and other people to me. It urges me to consider other people and the needs of this world. Prayer calls me to acknowledge that I cannot go it alone. I need God, and I need other people. As we start a new semester, I encourage you to pray. Pray hard, pray often, pray boldly. Thanks, Bob, for sharing your thoughts with us. As a way of responding um, to Bob's reflections this morning, we're going to have obviously a time of prayer. Um, and so whether you wanna stay where you are um, and pray from your seat, or whether you would like to come forward and light a candle um, and either offer intercessory prayers for someone or simply come and rest in God and reflect on the light that this season offers us, reminding us that Christ brought light into our world and we continue to celebrate that light um, now in the season of Epiphany. So you can stay where you are. Um, Deb, Anna, Elspeth are going to lead us in a couple of songs, so you can also sing. But you're also invited um, to come forward and offer your prayers at the front after I open in a short prayer. And then I'll also close our time of prayer. Um, and at the end of that, I'm going to invite you to join me in um, praying the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Mothering God, it is so easy for us to take for granted your gift of life. Thank you for our very breath, 
for your love that undergirds all of creation, for the beauty you have given us in our bodies, in the brilliant whiteness of snow, in the comforting darkness of night. As we enter a new semester, we offer up to you our prayers. Listen to the deepest desires of our hearts and open us to what you offer us in return. O Lord, hear our prayers. As Tamara said, you may also sing your prayer. Please turn in your green books, the Sing the Journey books, to number 52. Jesus, help us live in peace. We'll sing this through, and we'll follow it with number 59, so you might want to keep your finger in that one, Come and Fill Our Hearts. That particular uh, song is in four languages, and you may choose any and all of those languages to sing at any time during that song. But we'll begin with number 52.
let's continue in prayer. Gracious God, with this new year starting, we remember that you are the God of new life, of resurrection, of second chances. Guide us in our choices this semester, O oh God. Help us to do your will. And may we seek to share your love with all we meet. Loving God, even in the midst of the joy and celebration of Christmas and the holidays, we realize that many among us have experienced great loss and pain over the break. We pray for all those among us who have had to say goodbye to loved ones and grieve their absence. Hold them in your comfort and your love. We also continue to remember those who are without work in our community. May we find ways to help each other in difficult times so that no one has to bear their burdens alone. In a day where terror and fear are more frequently talked about than love and peace, may we find our safety and our security in you. And now we join together to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we have been forgiven. <laughs> and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll join in one closing song. In your green books, number 78, we will walk with God. We've just prayed a prayer about God's kingdom coming, and we will sing about God's kingdom. What we're going to do is I'm going to start each verse and I'm going to sing initially what's on the page. We'll start with the English. We will walk with God, my brothers. We will walk with God, my sisters. But then I'm going to be singing some additional uh, verses. So when you hear my first line, just join in with my brothers and my sisters and continue to sing what I have sung. When I sing the words, we will go in peace, that's your cue to go in peace, but to sing as you go, please. So let's stand. 